This is the Championship Clubs Podcast, the show that shines a light on English rugby's second flight. Join us every fortnight and check us out on the socials at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the first Championship Clubs Podcast of 2023. This weekend sees a first full round of fixtures for the new year, but we already got things started in a big way last weekend, which we'll come on to later. First, though, it's a big welcome back to a pod regular. We haven't heard from him in a while. It's Amdil Skipper, Charlie Beckett. Belated Happy New Year to you, mate, and good to have you back on. How are you? Hello, mate. Happy New Year to you and everyone listening. Um, yeah, I am good. Thank you. I'm well. Had a nice uh, break, which especially after our Boxing Day result, which wasn't the best against Bedford, was needed. Uh, had a nice week. We were given a nice week off, which uh, boys rested up and ready to go. Had a good week training. Very much looking forward to getting back to playing some rugby this weekend, though. As we said at the top of the show, full round of fixtures to look forward to this weekend, but really only one place to start, probably dominating the chat in, in rugby full stop at the moment. Coldy with an absolutely huge result last weekend, coming coming down at home against Dealing, the champions elect. I'm sure Jersey would have something to say about that. But 26-24, last play of the game, try against the 12-man trail finders at the time. We'll talk about that in a minute as well. It sent social media into meltdown. It's out. It's put the league back in into the spotlight with a bang once again. Wow. Who saw that one coming, Charlie? Let's be honest, no one. I don't think if anyone on Sunday was standing there going, well, yeah, I called it, I'd show you a liar. I don't think a single person saw that result coming, but it's that classic uh, classic cliche, isn't it? 80 minutes of rugby, anything can happen. Um, with my Amptil hat on, a disastrous result, because obviously it puts us below them in the league and we get the pleasure of playing uh, Ealing after that result this weekend. But with my championship hat on, what a brilliant result for the league. Like generally, what what a brilliant result to show what a competitive league we have, but also to bring the league, like I say, into the spotlight. I couldn't scroll for two scrolls on Twitter for seeing someone talking about Eagle and Coldy and more importantly, talking about the championship. So with my league hat on, just a brilliant result. And also with my proud Northern, a proud man from the Northwest, it's been a tough time for rugby in the North recently with what's going on women's rugby as well. What a result for rugby union in the North of England. So... 50% of me is really happy with it. The other 50% couldn't be more annoyed. Um, but <laughs> with, we're on the Championship Clubs podcast, so for the Championship, a truly brilliant result. Very diplomatic as always, mate. Um, you know, we spoke about it earlier on. I'm sort of you're a big advocate for for Coldy, for that for rugby in that part of the country. Um, you know, I won't ask you from an Amptil perspective. You may want to comment from one, but you know, put your put yourself in a in a Coldy shirt for for one day only. Do you go into that game? Do you have do you think you have a chance? You know, there's that underdog mentality. How do you, how do you approach a game against against Ealing? Because they obviously did it the right way. There's always a chance, isn't there? Like I say, it's cliche. There's always a chance. Um, I think you're realistic in your expectation. You have a game plan, so I'll use my Amtel hat again as well, we're playing England this weekend, you have a game plan of how you will best go to get a result against the top teams, the Ealings, the Jerseys of this world. It may be a different game plan to you play sides who are more in your area of the table or mid-table. So you have a game plan and you absolutely believe that if you execute that to the best of your ability and the luck is with you, that you can get a result 100%. There's obviously a lot of times teams will talk about um, first thing is getting a bonus point against these teams. They're there. That's obviously a carrot that's dangled there. But I think if you ever go into a game think truly believing you can't win, you're, you're not going to. Now, there's obviously the red card will have changed the game massively in the uh, Ealing-Calder game. But with 20 minutes to go, if, if I'm correct, Ealing was still 24-7 up. So at that point, you're everyone. Bookies, bookies are closing bets, aren't they? Ealing are winning that game. So for Coldy to score three tries in the last 20 minutes and the clip of that last play with those kids behind the post going berserk 
just I've seen it all over social media. It encapsulates what rugby is, and you see the Coldy boys go mental, quite rightly. So back to your question. Yeah, you you have a game plan. You always have belief that you can go and get a result, but you're not naive enough to think that it wouldn't be a shock, if that makes sense. Yeah, we, it's interesting you should say that, and you, and you talk about that that clip, that viral clip of of uh, those kids celebrating. It's brilliant to see. That's what rugby's all about. So, you know, what we want to see for the championship is being into that spotlight. We will come on to that again in a minute. we we'll just stick with Coldy for a moment. And we've seen their culture and we've spoken about it a little bit this season already. And, you know, we think about what, what this, those scenes might have been like after the game and the night out and the piss up and that kind of stuff. But that is a big part of it when you are a club like them that have come up. You know, they are doing quite well this season. We speak about them every week and we want to see them do well. How big could that be for their season in terms of, you know, results and and the catalyst to keep them in this in this league, just depending on obviously on how it how it looks next season anyway. Well, I'll be brutally honest with you. I listened to your um the episode in preseason where I think you had Gareth Davis on and he spoke about uh the ethos of cold in this squad and he said, I remember it clearly he said, we'll be keeping majority of the same squad that brought us up from that one. And I, I know that's majority of the same squad that brought them up from that two. And I remember thinking then, geez, that could be a tough season from like it's a big step up. But They've proven me and a lot of people wrong so far and the fact that well, they, they gave us a beat when we went there in the cup. We lost them there. They are such a tight-knit group and they get it so right off-field with the ethos of that club and everyone playing for each other and for the badge and all those cliches that sometimes sound a bit blasé but actually at the at the absolute core of it are very important in a side. Especially in a traditional game like rugby, you've got to want to play for each other for the club, for the coaches. They get that so right. They do grind out victories that they've got no on paper, have got no right to. So, yeah, they will have had a hell of a night Saturday. And if they made it out of the clubhouse, they will have got on Merseyrail, got the train over to Liverpool. I'm not sure the city will have seen anything like it for a while, probably since Liverpool won the Champions League. Like, they will have gone berserk. And I said this to the boys, there said there would have been a few lads who either will have begrudgingly gone to plans they had with family and missus and missed it, or there'll be some lads who are in a lot of trouble on Sunday who didn't turn up to plans they had uh, in advance, I think, because of the uh, the piss-up uh, at, at the club. But th- th- that is a huge part of what makes them successful, is their their tight-knit nature off-field. And yeah, it's paying dividends, isn't it? They're 10th they're in the league, they're, they're doing well in the cup, and they've just they've just made the biggest upset, probably, I know we're going to talk about it later, probably since you boys beat Saris in that 10-game 10, 10 season. That This is the biggest upset the champs seen since then, if not ever. Absolutely. And and the ramifications as well on top of that, I suppose, is is what it does to the title race, isn't it? You know, that's something that we've we've spoken about and looked at all season. We, we haven't had a pod since before Christmas when uh, Ealing welcomed Jersey to uh, to London and they and they obviously turned them over on Christmas Eve. But going forward, you know, that is a you know, and there's something else that we'll talk about there is there needs to be eyes on this title race because it, it's gonna go down to the wire again, like it did last season. Obviously, there was three, four teams involved, but there's two points in it now. And if you look at it, really, if both teams carry on getting maximums at the at the rate they have been, all it all it would take potentially for, for a Jersey title win, which would have been probably out of the question in pre-season, is them to win their games in their home games and beat Ealing and their, their job done. It won't be as easy as that, but, you know, that title race is looking really, really interesting now, isn't it? Very. And, and that's, I think, when Ealing got uh, that five-point win of uh, Way on, on Christmas Eve 23rd, whatever it was, like you said, I think a lot of us thought, me included, well, that, that's probably the title race done now to come back from six, seven points down for Jersey's a big old ask with um, Ealing playing as well as they are. But suddenly, one one shock result like this, and suddenly it's game on again. And like you say, 
two points in it at the exact halfway stage for those teams, both played 11 games. One slip-up is all it could take now for either side. And you talk about, you think I've got to go to Jersey, and I, I've been in that Jersey dressing room, i played for Jersey. If, you, if, if anyone thinks Jersey won't have the exact game plan, how they want to beat either when they go over there, you don't understand the detail that goes into the planning of, of games for that side. Um, so it, it's a very hard place to go over at the Rock. It, it's not easy. So it's absolutely a title race on, and I wouldn't put it past either side, quote-unquote, slipping up against other sides. Like you look at how well Cover playing now, Pirates, you boys seem to be clicking. Donny are always hard. Bedford on the day will beat anyone. This is going to be a fascinating title race. And I think there'll be plenty of twists and turns left in it. Yeah, and, and for that fascinating title race, we spoke about it a couple of times already. We we want to see eyes on the league. We've seen a couple of games on, on the free-to-air on the on the championship site through the RFU, which is great. But, you know, we... I suppose it's a it's an open forum now to discuss if that is enough. Obviously, that we've seen that we've all seen that brilliant piece from uh, from Sam Roberts, friend of the shows, who's guest uh, guest hosted a couple of times for Rugby Pass, and and I'll just pick out a couple of couple of quotes from his from his piece there. You know, the RFU has a huge chance to make a good decision. There are too many good sides in England's second tier to keep on ignoring them. So that's just that's just a snippet of a, of a very good article there from Sam, but he's dead right, isn't he? You know, you you want to see this every single week. You want to know if you're if you're a Premiership fan, you've probably got an interest in in what's gonna what's gonna take place by the end of next season or the beginning of next season. Is it going to be Ealing that are coming to to play us next year? Is it going to be Jersey? Is it going to be either of them? And I, I I don't personally think there's there's too much of a task to create a, a highlight show, even which is something that he's he's spoken about in there. Amalgamate all of the all of the trilights. You know, everyone does them every week for each club. Put them in a package, make it available, make people see this league and, and what's great about this league. Yeah, I think to pick up on a few things you said. The first thing to get more eyes in this league, the easiest thing to do in my eyes is make an hour long highlight show that goes out on a Sunday night or a Monday after every weekend of all the games. Now, how how hard can I be? Now, I'm the least tech-savvy man in the world, so I don't know how hard that is. But for people who are good at it, I don't imagine that would be too hard. Yes, it would take some funding, but the RFU are happy to throw a lot of money at a lot of things. In the grand scheme of things, I think the funding of that, even out on their website, even on the Championship website, put it out or on the RFU YouTube channel. Like YouTube's a massive thing. That people watch, I watch a lot of stuff on you. I consume a lot of content on YouTube. Put it out there. It doesn't need to be on a BBC and ITV. Now, that would be amazing, a BBC and ITV, a BT Sport. That's the next sort of level. But for now, just get it out so that people can watch it because I promise you, I, I have a big thought that I think a lot of rugby fans in the week or sports fans begrudgingly watch football because there's nothing else to watch in the week. I think rugby misses a huge opportunity to have games played midweek. The Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays of this world. So if on a Tuesday night, their options are watch the Champions League that they're not too bothered about, or they can stick the hour-long Championship highlight show on. What's a rugby fan going to do? They're going to watch the Championship show. So I, I think that's, a, for me, a no-brainer way to get more eyes on the league is a highlight show. Like I say, most of the work is done by the club's media departments themselves. They put trilights out on Instagram. All the games recorded for Elite Hub, they have to be so the clubs can watch each other for analysis purposes. The footage is there. You just need someone to cut it up and somewhere to put it out. Now, don't get me started on then that could generate interest that leads to one game a week on free-to-air rather than one a month. And clubs actually then can make more money through their own streams because there's now more demand. You ask people to support clubs that they can't watch unless they can go to games. And that is now an impossible. You look at football, the other, the, the absolute other end of the scale. I am a huge Liverpool fan. 
if I could only support a team that I could go and watch, I wouldn't be able to support Liverpool. But because most weekends I can watch them on the telly, my interest stays peaked because of that. You ask people to support Bedford, Ampthill, Cornish Pirates, Nottingham. They can't watch them. It's really, really hard. Like it's really hard to support a side. Like they don't know who's playing. They don't know if they won. They don't know how they won. So that the interest wanes. So I think a highlight shows are no-brainer. I think it would open the door, open the floodgates to lots more demand for people being able to watch Championship rugby. Yeah, and we're talking about opportunity here as well, aren't we? We're talking about timing. Um, I've spoken about it. You've spoken about it. That you know that that famous famous game during the COVID period when sadly there wasn't anyone in the stands when when we at the Pirates we we turned a, a strong Saracens team over and that's something you know we'll be speaking about for years in a positive light obviously but also in terms of you know missed opportunity because of what was going on in the world and there was nobody there but that was a chance then to 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 do the things we're talking about now and we've got a second one now that possibly eclipses it where everyone's comparing the two games together. It's, it's almost a bit of a now or never, isn't it? We've, we've got these discussions about the, the two leagues of 10 and, and we, we see how that might end up. We've got these discussions about a premiership championship crossover cup and, and the gates and the revenue that could bring in for the clubs. It really does have to be now, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I, don't, I have strong thoughts that I'll taper a little bit here on how we've known there's going to be a restructure of the league for, what, three or four months now? How are we sat here recording on the 11th of January and we still don't know what that's going to look like. Like in 15 months, we're going to be going into a preseason for that season. Like how can clubs, 15 months in a business scale isn't long. It's not long for clubs to get their ship in order to be able to, and you're going to have to have your ship in order, I imagine by next season for the RFU to be happy to go in. So how can the championship clubs not know at this point what those two leagues, whether it's 10s, 12s, whatever it is, is going to look like? I think that's bonkers. And, I know the RFU have maybe had their minds on other things with Eddie Jones, etc. But this is a huge, huge, huge restructure for English men's rugby. And the women's game will follow. So the women's game's also in limbo because they, it's already said they'll follow the structure of the men's game. So all senior, top-tier levels of rugby are kind of waiting to find out what's going to happen in 18 months' time. And I just don't know how we're still letting that drag on. Like, if the RFU don't know, that's one thing. But if they do know and aren't telling us... what. Well, why? I, I, I'm really confused at how we still, uh, almost mid-Jan now, don't know what the 24-25 season's structure is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh, You say it's been been dragging on and rumbling on. I'm sure it will continue to do so. We'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep banging the drum on this podcast. We'll, we'll keep asking the questions and hopefully put some pressure on. Um, I suppose we're back back to the actual rugby itself. Two other two other games last weekend, uh, re- rearranged games from just before Christmas when the when the weather wreaked havoc. Um, another another one with big ramifications in, in one part of the table at the bottom. Scottish done by a point at home against Hartbury, who are, who are flying at the moment. It must be said, Scottish I think would have probably targeted that though. They they did bring in a, a couple of Quins lads that are getting back to fitness for them and and. I sort of fancied them before that game if we if we had done some predictions, but yeah, just pipped to the post by by a, an ever improving Hartbury side. Yeah, Hartbury are flying at the moment. You're right. I think they're fourth from four January into uh, December into January. So they beat us for um, start of January at our place. So they're they're in a great. I think they're up to fifth or sixth or so on the table. So they're they're doing really really well. I think Scottish will have targeted that one. I think we're seeing. I said it after we played Scottish and we won fairly comfortably. I think third game of the season. I don't think that will be the Scottish we face in January. And I think we're seeing that. I think we go to them in two weeks and that'll be a much, much tougher 
game than I want at home. And it, it, it's getting tight at the bottom. And unfortunately, we, we find ourselves down there. So we, we've got to start getting some results together or we're going to very much find ourselves down there with Scottish, Coldy and Richmond with a four at the bottom at the moment in, in a bit of a scrap. So th- those results are putting pressure on us at Amptill. Uh, and we know that we're not naive to that. Uh, we are far, far, far from where we plan to be, what it's intended to be right now. Um, but we, we still have... 12 games left. Our Nottingham game has been rearranged for the end of Feb, I think, not this weekend. So we're not quite at the halfway stage of our season yet. So we've still got time to um, this conversation we're having this week. As long as we sort our stuff out, we've got time to turn the season around and climb the table up to a more respectable position. But yeah, Scottish seem to be getting their, getting their ship in order. Hartbury are flying. Uh, it, it's becoming a much more competitive league again. And the big result of the weekend, I thought, apart from cold dealing, was talking to people getting the ship nord. It seems that it's finally starting to click a few boys down at Pirates again now with a huge win over Donny. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think we've been we've been threatening to uh, to pick up a, a a result like that. I say a result like that, a a win, full stop. We've had a you know we're speaking about Coldy all this show pretty much, and and we went there. We were fourteen nil up, much like Elin were in a in a good spot against them, and and they clawed it back and. We lost there by a point in the snow and and went to went to Hartbury, another form side just before Christmas. And, you know, didn't really see a lot of the ball, to be honest. They were they were very dominant that night, came away with a bonus point. And we it's hard to talk about deserving things in rugby because you have to do it for yourself. You don't you, you don't you have to earn the right for a result, but I think it has been coming. Um and in that game in particular, I think it was eight or half time. And just before just before the break, um Donnie looked they looked like they were going to come strong and you're thinking, oh God, not not again, here we go. But for me, watching on, obviously, you know, from non, non-playing point of view, I think the boys really took ownership on, on Saturday. Um, it was a bit of a now or never moment uh, and we did wrestle control of that game and, and you know, we put away a good Donny side. I said to I said to our man of the match, Matt Johnson, after the game, it's almost the perfect opponent and I don't mean that in the sense that we would have targeted as a win. We target every game as a win at home, but, Doncaster are a good side and it does bring the best out of you playing against good opposition. And I mean, everyone in the in the league are good opposition, but you sort of need that sort of high-end challenge, you know, a, a title challenger from last season. And, and our boys do tend to to rise to the occasion. We had a decent crowd in, a uh, bit of a bit of a bog, which could be interesting in the next few weeks. I think we're we're another four home games of the next five. So we've got a real chance to put some some momentum and a run together now. And you know, we're looking at climbing that table because we're also like you speak about it there yourself. We're we're not overly happy with where we are, yeah. And we do we we need to start picking up results, and that was a that was a good start. I think we would have taken a win, a bonus point wins even better. So yeah, get some getting some bodies back now, um, yeah, and hopefully hopefully string a run of results together, uh, which ties us nicely onto a full round of fixtures this weekend. Uh, I'll just run through them for you, Charlie, and then we'll we'll pick out. Some bits. There's some. There's some really interesting, intriguing games there. We start start the round at home on Friday night against Nottingham Cornish Pirates against Nottingham at the Mene. Uh Coldy at home again to Richmond. I'm sure they'll be targeting a, another another home win there. Uh, Doncaster and Hartbury should be an interesting game as well. And Coventry Jersey. I know that Coventry have done a decent bit of promo there. That's second against third. That should be a cracker. You guys at Amdil travel to to Ealing, who'll be looking to to bounce back. Hopefully, no uh, major backlash for you there, mate. And uh, and Scottish Bedford. Improving Scottish and, and Bedford, who haven't played for a for a couple of weeks now. So uh, yeah, what jumps out there for you, mate? Other than your game, we'll talk about your game first, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So for us, obviously, I alluded to earlier. It, it's there isn't anywhere hard to go in the league. Kneeling is there statistically they don't really lose at home that often, 
Um, they're very, very good on their artificial pitch. They play fast, they play hard. That's how they like to play. Like I said earlier about how Coldwood, we, we have a plan. We know how we want to go and play. And we know we're underdogs. We don't hide away from that. I don't think anyone will be predicting an Ampton win this weekend. On the pod, I imagine Gully will very much be on his story predicting a, a Ealing win. And quite rightly, you look at our league position, you look at our results, nothing suggests that we should go and get a win. But we know how we want to go and play. We know the plans we have in place. And like I said earlier with Coldy, if we, if we play well, if we execute them to the best of our ability... And we have some luck. You you never know in a game, Robbie, do you? So um, by no means am I sitting here going, yeah, I'm fully expecting wholeheartedly a win for Amptel this weekend. But I absolutely am going there with the intent to come away with a win. Because if you're not, then I'm not really sure why you're, why you're playing the game. And I play to win anytime I play. So we know the challenge facing us and uh, we'll go with our game plan and execute the best of our ability. I think the big one for me that jumps out is Cov Jersey. And I think... The best bit of recruitment done by anyone this season is Coventry getting Ed Robinson as their attack coach when um, Fenner left. From what I worked with Ed at Jersey, and you can see through some of the first phase tries Coventry are scoring, that aren't many better in the game that I've worked with than Ed when it comes to analysing opposition and first phase defence and seeing where they're weak to go and score. And I think I was chatting to him the other day. Uh, I think they're three first phase tries in the last three weeks now. So it's a brilliant bit of recruitment from them. I think he's been a catalyst to change in how they're attacking and their results speak themselves. Like we played them fourth game of the season. We're 19-0 up after 20 minutes. I wasn't particularly impressed with Coventry in those first 20 minutes and they beat us. So they've always had that bit of steel in them to be able to come back and now that's being uh, intertwined with some seriously good rugby. And I think um, that'll be a very, very tough test for Jersey this weekend. We spoke earlier about the title race being back on. First thing Jersey have to do is get past Coventry this weekend. Absolutely. And, and another thing that we spoke about earlier on and keep banging the banging on about it a little bit, like a broken record, but, you know, how good would it have been to follow up on the, you know, the interest of the league by having a free-to-air game this week? And if so, that one is an absolute, you know, bank, banker to, to be the one that you show because, like I say, second against third in the league. I know it's a two-horse title race, but let me know, Cov have done all right, haven't they? They're... they're they're third by a distance away from the from the chasing pack, and like I say, they play good rugby. It, you know, they've got some some household names there. Jersey are a, are a big physical side. It would be a, it'd be a good spectacle again. It's a we won't go back to it too much, but it's a shame. I'm 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 going to be looking out for that one definitely as one of the one of the results to keep an eye on. Um, another one for me, I think, obviously having you know seen them last week was is Doncaster against Hartbury. Now, Doncaster obviously notoriously very strong at home notoriously very strong side full stop but I, I having seen Hartbury the week before that as well they they do look a good side I think they're underrated and I think a couple of us may uh, certainly myself I thought they might have not had the same season they had last year but they're starting to show signs that they could pretty much turn anyone over anywhere so they'll go to Castle Park I think they'll they'll be very confident I'm not saying they'll they'll win or that I'm back in one way or the other but that is definitely a game that could go either way, isn't it? Yeah, it's fifth v sixth. I think, and I think it is that tight. There's, there's something to be said for. Well, there's a lot to be said for playing with confidence and being on a winning run. Winning is a habit. Like I remember in my time at Jersey, we won I think ten on the bounce, and you just didn't believe we were going to lose. So, and they're five in a row now, and you just when you are on that, it sounds hilarious. The ball seems to bounce your way. The luck seems to go your way. So it's tough to beat a team who are on a winning streak, and um, that'll be a fascinating game. Yeah, absolutely. And and Coldy again, another one in the headlines would be good to to see what their crowd looks like this way. I think they actually had 
one of the one of the highest attendances in the league last year. They had a, a good twelve thirteen hundred uh, there at Patton Field, and they're they're back at home to Richmond. And with all due respect to Richmond, I think Coley are going to be they'll probably be targeting that one for two from two and and pulling further clear, won't they? Yeah, I think they will. But it's actually I think a really difficult game for after Ealing to come off the high of beating Ealing. Richmond are a tough uh, tough team to face. I've faced Richmond must be in double figures now in my time the champ, and never once have had an easy game against them. They're niggly, they're hard to beat, they just stay with you. And they also have some really good players there. So we had a 21-all draw with them uh, at their place in December. And it's a, and I know it's up at Caldy, which is a huge advantage for them, but Richmond will also be targeting a win there as well, I think. I think that's that would be a really tough game. And it is hard to back up a big win sometimes. It'd be almost be easier to go and play Jersey for them this weekend, I think, like to go again on that high. So I, I do think Caldy will just have the better of them, but I don't think we'll see them run away with it or anything like that. And that would be a real tight game still. And uh, two more to go then. There's got Scottish and, and Bedford is potentially int- intriguing as well. Producer Ryan. Tries, Ryan. tries everywhere in that game. Just tries everywhere in that game, I reckon. Lots of tries. Producer Ryan's uh, woken up uh, there just to, just to see what we say about his, his boys. But could be a potentially tricky one for them. I know they lost there in the cup, um, which I'm sure all Bedford fans will be thinking this is a bit of a banana skin. Scottish, it depends on what sort of side they can field. Bedford are potentially a bit rusty, having not played for a couple of weeks and, and Scottish improving. I think Bedford will have too much, but you never know. Yeah, it, it will be an interesting one. I think we're seeing that now, which boys from Quinns are available to Scottish actually has a big um, influence on how they play. So a good friend of mine, James Chisholm, I know he's there because he's coming back from injury. I don't know how long he's there. I hope he's not there when we play him on the 28th because he's a really good player. Um, the like, same with Scott Steele, back from injury. These are two top-level Premiership players, had international recognition through Saxons and Scotland, etc. They will always excel when playing Championship rugby. So it's how long Scottish have them available to them. So I think it'll be very, very interesting in that game. Like I say, I think there'll be tries. I think it's two teams who like to score points, like to, like to play rugby. Everyone knows about Bedford. I think Scottish, actually, you watch their highlights. When they get going, they have an attractive style of play. Joe Grails, their head coach, former Harlequin, want, wants them to play rugby. So... I think that could be, for a spectacle, a really, really good game. Um, you always want to put a clause in until you see the Scottish team, because like we say, it's quite changeable. But I do agree, I think Bedford will just have too much down there. And just uh, finishing off there with the, the first game of the weekend, it's uh, Cornish Pirates and Nottingham for the Friday night lights. And uh, and we'll be looking to carry on our, our momentum and, and targeting that, that run of home fixtures. Friday night at the Mene in January. Who thought, who thought that was a good idea? No, thank you. Um, easy ticket sales, easy ticket sales. Yes. No, because that's the thing. Um, the 16th man of Pirates is coming to the floor. That pitch, when you go down there, is it's not easy to play on. I, I've played there in January. I played an 8-7 thriller between Jersey and Pirates there, and it was 8-7 after 17 minutes, and it stayed that way. So it it's a tough place to go. Um I think it'd be tough. I don't know if Nottingham, I imagine for a Friday night, will probably travel Friday as well, which is really tough. Uh, I can't see past the Pirates win there, really. I, I, I think, um, like you said earlier, starting to find some form, starting to click. But it's a stronger Nottingham team than we've seen for the last few seasons. I think they obviously have a good friend of mine, Dave Williams, who can't stop scoring tries ever in the league. He's always in the top three or four try scorers. So they're always dangerous, Nottingham. But I think with the weather, with the condition of the travel and Pirates playing well, I think I think a Pirates win is what is what we'll see there. Thanks, Charlie. Great to have you back on. Big thanks to producer Ryan as well. Thanks for listening, everyone, and make sure you check us out on the socials. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 
That was the Championship Clubs Podcast. Be sure to come back in a fortnight's time and follow us on social media at Champ Clubs Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 